0: Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. It can't possibly be worse than Halloween Kills. That's what I said (laughs) before we
1: went to the theater. Uh, Famous last words.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Low expectations. Uh, Somehow... uh, even bested. But <laughs> well, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of Halloween ends as well as the newest episodes of The House of the Dragon and Andor and um, Werewolf by Night, the new Marvel Halloween special on Disney Plus.
1: Yeah, so buckle up folks, long episode today. Let's dive right in. <coughs> one movie podcast
0: <laughs> first Jimmy we've got to do the toms I'm excited for the toms The Toms! The toms! The toms! Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms. Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. All right, Holden, let's get started. All right, so first off... Uh, We got a trailer uh, for a very interesting horror movie uh, called Megan. (laughs) Um, Was not aware of this movie's existence prior um, to this week. And then I just saw it kind of get thrown around on the Internet a bunch. people are like, oh, this trailer looks just weird. Uh, James Wan, I believe, is a producer on it. Um, But it's being written by the malignant or at least one of the malignant writers, um what'd you think of this trailer jimmy we saw it in theaters Uh, initially i wasn't i wasn't sure we'd talk about it but since we saw it anyway you know well it's a highly entertaining trailer because it's just funny because it's Mm -hmm. like oh
1: there's this animatronic friend and she looks uncanny and uh (laughs) you know it's the creepy robot sort of thing um kind of like chucky a little bit uh yeah I got a lot of (laughs) just visually, it reminded me of
0: Team America World Police. Yeah. (laughs) Just the movements and such. Especially, yeah, especially with like the mouth and just the face of Megan itself does, it does remind me of that. (laughs) I was just thinking, America,
1: F. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I, all that was going through my mind as I was watching this. Uh, Looks like it could be fun, you know? (laughs) If it just leans into the absurdity of it all, doesn't take itself too seriously, like you know any other Blumhouse horror movies that we've <laughs> seen recently, uh, hopefully it uh, hopefully it could be you know a good good popcorn entertainment flick, Holden
0: yeah and it's coming out in january so it's uh film wasteland around that time um so you know we might actually go see it if if it's not just complete garbage or anything or Or, if we're catching up on oscar movies too that's true yeah that's true so we'll see um but yeah it's i think i think just the weirdest part of it to me is the dancing in the trailer oh yeah a lot of (laughs)
1: dancing i forgot about that
0: It's it's so bizarre because like Megan is clearly played like in camera by like a little girl or something like and it's just the face that is animatronic or CG or whatever they're doing exactly with it. So you have like these realistic movements that shouldn't go along like you wouldn't think should go along with this Android and I think that makes it creepier (laughs) just because it's these fluid (laughs) weird dancing movements
1: or just funnier.
0: Yeah, that's uh, true. In my opinion.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go Berger, you know, Brokaw, just because I, you know, this, if you just read the synopsis of the movie to me, I'd be like, <laughs> okay, that sounds like a generic horror movie. Uh, But seeing the trailer, seeing how silly it looks, I just kind of want to see this movie now. And I hope it's yeah. fun.
0: Yeah. Um, also, I want to mention that apparently in the title, uh, Megan, the E is t- uh, stylized as a three, uh, but this is not the third Megan movie, so don't get that confused. I was thinking uh, it's more like her battery level or something.
1: She's like power. I don't uh, It well, It looks like something in the in the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the logo like the actual logo that is kind of what it looks like, but I think like on Wikipedia and stuff when it's all written in plain text it's like M three and then yeah, I I what? think that's how they write I it. I don't
1: out. think so. I think you're crazy, Holden.
0: Maybe I'm stupid. I'm open. Well to that, that well that's that's <laughs> a
1: certainty. <laughs> oh no, you're right. M3. So there we go. Well,
0: what I the heck right. is that? Is it I the <laughs> third den- <laughs> what what I think i think when uh the like the lady in the trailer talks about what megan stands for i think it's like the e or i think it is like third generation or something like that yeah so maybe that's what the 3g is third generation yeah we just called the
1: second generation one m 2
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it seems a bit strange but uh, I'll give this a Broca as well, I think. Very fun looking. Well, is this so? Then the second one,
1: I, you know, this is going to clearly get a sequel looking at it. I don't know. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Well, let's move on. Okay. Um. Let's see here. Oh, uh, Bombadil for m 3 gan
0: For the, the title? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I, can, I can get on board with that. I'll give it a Bombadil as well. It's pretty stupid. Um, I, I figured we should mention um, that, unfortunately, this week, Robbie Coltrane passed away. Yes, um, rest in peace. The, yeah, he was the actor who played Hagrid in Harry Potter. It's probably his best no, uh, known role, but he also was apparently in this British TV series called Cracker, which seems like it was kind of a big thing in the 90s. Um, he was also in James Bond movie The World Is Not Enough, uh, he w- was one of the voices in Brave. He did a lot of different things. He was kind of a character actor, um, but I think Hagrid is what most people know him as, and he was great as Hagrid. Yes,
1: I, I mean it's hard to imagine anybody else in that role. He just mm-hmm. he is the embodiment of Hagrid. You can't go back and try to read the books without envisioning Robbie Coltrane. He is as yeah. essential as any other cast member. Um, so, totally. you know, yeah. Absolute brokaw on life, Robbie Coltrane. It seemed like he was a good dude
0: from what I yeah. saw of him. Yeah, it's it's the it's kind of been a nice quaint memoriam for him because it's just been a lot of people coming out and saying what a nice great guy he was and just nothing you know bad coming out of the woodwork at all, which is always a nice thing to see. Um, so yeah, I'll yeah. I'll give him a brokaw in life. Yeah, that will not happen for us, Holden yeah when we die (laughs) no they'll 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 dig up this podcast unfortunately everything's coming out yeah (laughs) um but then big news this week uh is that marvel uh has officially kind of put blade on hold uh, while they're retooling and uh, kind of finding a new director um, for this and so because of this um they're kind of shifting their release schedule around and it's delayed a bunch of stuff uh blade got delayed almost a whole year uh it was coming out november of next year but now it's coming out september 2024 um it took deadpool 3's release date which was then just pushed back a few months to november 2024 um other movies that were delayed were fantastic four and secret wars i think secret wars was delayed like six months because of this um but yeah, just a lot of a lot of Marvel stuff being shifted around because of Blade. Um, I was seeing people say that, like that's kind of surprising because Blade is all paranormal and everything, so you wouldn't think it would have such a um, wide effect on the larger MCU. But maybe it has a, a more important purpose than we may think. Jimmy, what do you think of all this?
1: Yeah, well, I'm thinking now if the if the movie's bad, I could say Blade. Blade movie is dull. That's my yeah, reaction. You could. There we go. You, you That's need, what I'm... Need to,
0: <laughs> we need to make sure we're the first ones to use that too. Because you know there's going to be a lot... Of, there's Like Hollywood Reporter is going to have their... Like a dull uh, title at some point.
1: Not as sharp as Marvel would like it to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of that.
1: Yeah. Um, so I... You know, at least... At least they're doing this before the movies come out and before they started all the production because they were going to just start. So (laughs) hopefully they will make a better movie, but I'm not entirely confident. Um, We'll see. I mean, the phase five or six or whatever phase this is timeline kind of seemed pretty fast to begin with. So I don't Mm. mind them spacing it out a little bit, but uh, just make a good movie. How about that's what I would say.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of with you. Spacing out these phases a bit more, I think, will will ultimately benefit it. So, we'll see. I'm I'm hopeful for Blade, but based on what we've heard, it it could be a train wreck. So, I'll give this all a, a Bergeron. All right, sounds good, Holden. What is next? Uh, Kind of uh, related to that, because Blade was delayed so late, uh, Dune Part 2, uh, Silver Lining, actually got moved up a couple weeks because it's just wow. taking Blade's spot. There you go. So um, we're getting that a couple weeks sooner, November 3rd, 2023. Um, apparently it was previously up against the new Hunger Games movie, which, you know, we need to be nice <laughs> to the new Hunger Games movie. So let's let's push it back or pull it forward a bit yeah interesting
1: which one which movie would do i mean i'm guessing the new dune movie will do better than the ballad of songbirds and snakes but that's you what know, i would I think too um
0: but yeah
1: uh it'll be it'll be interesting to see how much uh cultural pull and relevance the hunger games has
0: yeah <laughs> it could just be a complete flop we'll see um <laughs> we'll, uh, but I, yeah we we'll,
1: We'll I was gonna say go exciting anyway. Exciting that it's moved up a couple of weeks to my sister's twenty-ninth birthday.
0: Yay! Does happy she like Dune?
1: Uh I don't think she's seen it. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> so <laughs> happy birthday! Happy birthday! Um, What's next?
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Jimmy, have you ever seen the Naked Gun
1: movies? I saw the first one. I don't remember it very well. It's probably okay. been like ten
0: years. Okay um so apparently they're making uh, paramount is making a new naked gun movie and uh leslie nielsen who was the star of the original three uh is you know unfortunately passed away back in 2010 so it's not he's not going to be coming back but they're in talks to have liam neeson do it it sounds like somebody just read the paper wrong oh <laughs> Le- liam neeson was in the
1: original ones Oof. oh no i thought you said i thought you said liam neeson not <laughs> leslie nielsen um i have a particular gun
0: it's naked it's it's a naked gun (laughs) i so i was thinking about this i i really like i haven't seen the third naked gun i really like the first one and the second one's pretty funny too um i just like that style of parody that's it's the same creators as like airplane so if you've seen airplane but not the other two it's it's very similar humor um, but I like I, I'm imagining Liam Neeson in this role and if they go back to that kind of comedy just Liam Neeson playing it completely straight <laughs> while everything around like just all of this absurd stuff is happening around him I think that could be really funny
1: I just remember one scene where they like go into another room and like two characters go through the door but then Leslie Nielsen just like walks around the set yeah yeah <laughs> i love that bit yeah yeah and isn't oj simpson at the end of the first movie
0: he's in all three i think he's in all three. Oh my yeah and he's like a fairly major character the first one he's like in the intro and then he gets injured and he's kind of hospital ridden through most of it but i think he's like pretty major in the next two as well and i think the third one came out like a year before the trial or something wow so <laughs> that's
1: funny yeah. Um. Yeah, exciting stuff. I think it would be hilarious with
0: Liam Neeson, so Brokaw. Yeah, Brokaw for me as well. Um, Jimmy, I know you had just watched the Mummy films. Uh, Brendan Fraser this week uh, was asked about the possibility of coming back for a fourth Mummy movie and said that he'd be open to starring in a sequel to his mummy trilogy uh his quote was i don't know exactly how it would work but i'd be open to it if someone came up with the right concept and then he also ragged on the tom cruise reboot a bit just by saying it was not as they it lacked the fun of the older films yeah
1: um well i would I watched the first two mommy movies to see the third one, and I mm-hmm. still have not seen the third one. <laughs> so I really need to watch that. So I don't know if it's left open for another film, Holden. So I can't comment on that. But why not? You know, if he yeah. wants to do it, just do it. It'll be successful because we're going through a renaissance of Brendan Fraser.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there's so much Oscar buzz around his movie, The Whale. And I would, I mean, mm-hmm. haven't seen it, but with just how. The public discourse has been i wouldn't be surprised if he does end up with the award um then i mean you have an oscar winner starring in your new mummy movie that'd be perfect yeah um so you know they brought back indiana
1: jones so why can't they bring back whatever his name is in the mummy i forgot rick rick o'connell i think (laughs) okay i'll take your word for it um yeah. I, I'm I'm all for it, Holden. Uh, I really think a lot of people love the first one. I thought that was kind of boring. I like the second one a lot, which people don't like as much. So I don't know. Maybe I'm not the person <laughs> to ask about this. I certainly had fun with one of the two Mummy movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Brokaw for me. Yeah. I'll give it a Brokaw as well. I'd be very excited to see him again uh john carpenter This kind of this doesn't really feed into our halloween discussion but you know he did make halloween so um anyway john carpenter he's a big gamer do you know this jimmy yeah i actually did i learned this earlier this week okay um but he this week uh, in an interview i assume it was for halloween ends uh he mentioned that he wants to make a dead space movie uh part of his quote was i believe there's already a producer who wants to do it and a director so no one's asked me but if they did i would say yes immediately it's a really scary project and i'd love to take it on nice i've never
1: played dead space but i don't know does the remake that is coming out look good
0: yeah honestly i I, the general consensus has been pretty positive i think i mean to me it's looked good in the trailers and People were apprehensive because it's EA and stuff, but general consensus has been that it looks good, so it might be worth picking up if the reviews are good. Yeah, exciting.
1: I don't really know what to say about this because I have not played the game, so I'm going to go Bergeron.
0: Sure, I'll give it a Brokaw because, I mean, based on John Carpenter's work, especially in the previous century, I think if he went with that kind of tone, like the thing or something like that for Dead Space, that would be perfect, so... I'll give it to Brokaw. Sounds good. Uh, My last piece of news this week uh, is related to our movie we talked about last week, Amsterdam. Uh, It is bombing at the box office, Jimmy. Thank goodness. I wanted to mention. It deserves to bomb. Yeah, I don't usually mention box office, but this is looking to be one of the biggest flops in like movie history, possibly, and it's like maybe not on the level of like the lone ranger or john carter from disney but it is lose it is expected to lose close to a hundred million dollars wow for regency
1: yeah i mean i've actively told people do not see this movie mm-hmm. and most people are like what even is that
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you talking about
1: <laughs> so that's a that's not a good sign um I would like to think that our review had something to do with it, but I, all, I all honestly think that people just don't care to begin with.
0: Yeah, there's no buzz around it, which is, I mean, surprising considering the cast and everything, but just no one cares, which is good. No one should. Time to just shoot that movie into the abyss. Yeah, forget about it. All right, very good. Brokaw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brokaw for me as well. <laughs> um,. In terms of gaming news, I know you had you had mentioned that Gotham Knights is is maxed out at thirty FPS on console, on the PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X, which is ridiculous
1: because that I don't even think the game looks very good. No, like visually.
0: Yeah, and so. it's I, as I had mentioned to you, it's also being released for previous gen hardware too. Like, how bad is it gonna run on that? <laughs> like. <laughs> I just cannot fathom that
1: game being good. I would love for for that movie, or excuse me, that game to be good. I would love to be wrong. I've wanted a new Batman game ever since Arkham Knight came out. I've been following the development of this game for the last seven years. And I just cannot believe that it is going to be remotely better than mediocre from everything I've seen. So yeah. we'll see when the reviews come out. I don't even know when it's officially coming out because I'm i think just not a couple not of weeks away it. at
0: this point. Maybe like 2 weeks from this last Friday seems right. Um, uh, yeah, I just we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it um I mean I, I want to clarify. I'm not I'm not like a like FPS is not like a big deal to me. I mean, I have played Games on my PC at running at like fifteen frames per second, (laughs) but that was just because that's what I had to work with at the time uh, when I was in high school or whatever. Like I, it really as long as the game is good and I can feasibly get through it, it doesn't matter to me. But it's just kind of a cherry on top to the whole situation.
1: Oh yeah, I played like the original Tomb, not the original Tomb Raider, the Tomb, the original Tomb Raider remake from the. Whatever the tomb, the first Tomb Raider game of the recent Tomb Raider trilogy. I played that on like my computer at like four eighty p with like lowest textures and
0: that, thirty <laughs> frames per second, maybe, and I loved it. <laughs> that's that's okay. That's funny you mentioned that because that's the example I was thinking of too. I had originally played it on PC and I it was it just ran like crap on our on our home computer <laughs> that we used to have, um, but yeah, I still loved it as well.
1: Um. Yeah, and just cause two, same situation. Mm-hmm. Loved it as well. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not a deal breaker. I mean, I played uh, Shadow of War this summer, and that was, I was bummed that it was locked at 30 frames per second. Would have been a lot more fluid and satisfying to play it at 60 frames per second. But I mean, that came game came out in last gen, and there was not a patch for it. Um, sure. I feel like this is just inexcusable at this point to not have it.
0: Yeah. When yeah. literally every other game has it. <laughs> yeah. So every game now has performance mode or fidelity mode. And this one doesn't for some reason. And it's a big triple A game.
1: And so. how do you not have, I, I don't understand what the limitations are for not having it. No. Other than they just didn't have time to make it, I guess, or they just really built a very poorly optimized game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, either way, it's just that's not good. No. <laughs> so, what are you doing? What? What are you doing? Um. Yeah, it's a bombadil for me. And for the game to come out with 30 FPS and not be like the most amazing looking game I've ever seen uh, and not even close to that. On the PS5 and Xbox Series X is a joke. So Bombadil, I hope it's good. If it's great, you know,
0: I don't care what frame per second is. It's at. Maybe it will be the best game we've ever played, Jimmy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'll give it. I'll give the whole thing a Bombadil though, as well.
1: I can't wait for IGN to give it like a six point eight or whatever. Their weird (laughs) incremental. They They don't do decimal scores anymore. They don't, huh? No. So they're going so at least. boy they're going to be really torn between a 6 and a 7 on this one. <laughs> <laughs> the reviewer would be like I just wanna give it a 6.8. <laughs> um yeah. We'll see. We'll see Holden. Anything else?
0: No, I think that's it.
1: Also uh I think it's this Friday it comes out. So can't oh, wait okay. for those
0: reviews. Yeah, that's exciting. 10 out of 10 out alongside Black Adam. Just a DC filled weekend.
1: Oh, yeah. Cannot wait for
0: both of those things. Um. Anyway, we'll move on to our review of the new episode of House of the Dragon. All
1: right. Time for some hot D. All
0: right. House of the Dragon, episode eight of season one uh titled the lord of the tides uh jimmy what'd you think of this episode great episode. oh full spoilers like usual but yes
1: full spoilers if you're just listening to this what are you doing listening to this if you haven't watched the show in the episode uh it's been out for like a week now come on
0: if you want to listen to some non-spoiler stuff skip ahead to our werewolf by night review yeah um
1: I thought another great episode it had some iconic moments throughout. Some some good twists, turns, some happiness. Good good old Viserys saying, you know, let's just all be one big happy family. And honestly, uh,
0: yeah, honestly, I think this was my favorite episode so far. Really, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of like what other ones would. Compete with it, but I just like everything that happened in this episode. It, there, a lot happened. I thought there was a lot of great, just character moments for certain people. Um, and it's, it's not, I mean, it's mostly all set inside, so it's not like there's a ton of like creativity in the cinematography here. Um, but it's just in terms of like story and character beats, I think this is definitely my favorite one so far. Viserys may be my favorite character
1: of the show, which is sad yeah. now that he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but I just like, he's just so relatable as a person. I think like you just, mm-hmm. he feels so real. Like you, this guy who's just trying to do the best he can as the king, but he's not perfect, but he, he's like got really good intentions and tries to do the right thing. Most of the time he's just really torn between this and he just wants his family to get along and not fight each other he's just in full on dad mode but at the same time he's just falling apart (laughs) like it is hard to believe that he continues to like degrade in health over time because every episode you're like man it can't possibly get worse than this the man looks like a
0: ghoul from the fallout games
1: (laughs) (laughs) he looks like my guy two face (laughs) <laughs> from the dark night at one point I mean uh yeah it's just that whole sequence of just Rhaenyra and Damon coming and seeing him and just the state that he's in he's just clearly just hiked up on drugs the milk of the poppy
0: milk of the poppy
1: just all the time and which led to that moment where he enters the throne room I thought that was just so good that was like oh yeah maybe my favorite moment of the show it's just the music was epic too his mask was legit him just crawling to the just hobbling to the iron throne it reminded me of the the spongebob where they have the old have the games or whatever uh, and the old snail is like crawling in and to just pick him up and take him to the torch oh yeah <laughs> the snail and or whatever it is that's yeah, what it was giving race. me vibes of. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was such a great moment, just him standing up for Rhaenyra one last time, everything in his power, just in complete pain, fighting it back, sitting on the throne, and hearing this uh, petition from Vaymond. I was like, uh, <laughs> as soon as Vaymond started like talking to Rhaenys about it, I was like, man, it would be a shame if Bayman died. I was like, this guy's not going to make it through this episode, <laughs> was my thing. I'm like, you start trying to prop yourself up in this world. Uh,
0: it's not going to look kindly on you. No. And, and I, well, Go ahead. Uh, just that whole scene in the throne room in general, I think, like everything that goes into it. Like you mentioned, him going up to the throne, which is a very long sequence, but is just kept very engaging by just the emotion emotional impact of it and the great score that uh, goes behind the scene as well. Um, but everything in that scene I mentioned to you the bit where uh, Damon helps him with his crown, which I thought was just great, a nice little heartwarming moment. And I think I read that was improvised. Yeah, I had heard that too um which to me i'm like <laughs> i don't know why that wasn't written in from the start because i felt like that was just a very natural thing for the character to do but i'm glad that matt smith went for it yeah me too um, and then of course the the surprise very surprising moment um where Vaymond gets his head just cut clean in half where i texted you and i said i like audibly shouted when that <laughs> happens. <laughs> Because I knew he was like, it was, it was pretty obvious he was going to die. But I just didn't expect it right then and there and how it happened. And oh my gosh, that was, it was startling. He can keep his tongue. Yeah. Man, <laughs> Great I, line. I,
1: very good. That whole sequence, Damon, uh, again, stole the show. But I, now that I think about it, this is a, this is not something I thought of before. But as I'm like replaying the scene in my head, it mm-hmm. you got a lot of the parallels with Allison walking in on the wedding and what that signified for her character, her coming out as kind of antagonistic Mm -hmm. towards everything, um, the situation. And here's Viserys coming in, um, kind of his one last fight. Whereas Alicent, it was a beginning of this new thing. It's very much an ending for Viserys. Mm -hmm. And I I thought that was just very cool. And I like how it, even like uh, Alicent interrupts Viserys and this time uh Viserys is interrupting. I believe it's uh Rhaenyra is talking when he comes yeah. in. Yeah. But again, that whole scene was fantastic. Uh you got Vaymond just stating <laughs> what everybody knows, shouting it at the top of his lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's gone to a boiling point where they cannot keep it in, and now with Viserys passing away um that it's it's basically full on civil war now i think we're getting into
0: the the legit dance of the dragons yeah it's it's really hard to tell exactly well i guess <laughs> if you watch the preview you probably know i haven't i haven't i never watched the previews for these episodes but it, it's hard to tell exactly where this next episode is going to start and where it's going to go um because i, I mean obviously it's going to be power struggle kind of thing is it going to happen like immediately after uh king's death or is it you know is there going to be a bit of time or something i don't know it's i don't think it's going to be another massive time jump or anything but just maybe a matter of days or something no
1: from what i understand i i do watch the previews but i forget them (laughs) by the time we do this so i don't remember but what i understand from uh, what I know about the, the series, I guess, or from the other podcasts I listen to about it is that I think we're done with, like, the multi-year time jumps. Sure, sure. Which, thank goodness, because I don't think we could take another one. No. <laughs> um, and my understanding is that we're going to – it's the, – the Civil War is starting. And the I, I guess the whole Dance of Dragons Civil War storyline takes place over two years. Okay. So, uh, and George R R Martin says it needs to be four seasons long at least I saw yeah yeah so we're going to get you know it's going to slow down which I think is going to be good and let let the show breathe and really get into the these characters being left mm-hmm. uh, these characters remaining and I think we have some more people who have yet to be introduced oh, some wow. major okay. players so excited for that um but yes I'm trying to think of of other key things I wanted to talk about I mean of course we could just jump to the dinner scene now
0: well I the one thing that happens before that actually before even the throne room scene um is the Allison's meeting with the um like the handmaiden or whatever uh, Messaria yeah was that her name I don't oh
1: remember. oh we're talking about Aegon's whole situation
0: yeah yeah uh
1: yes that's not Messaria Messaria is Damon's old. Uh, girlfriend oh yeah that's right um yeah that's the part of the episode I keep
0: forgetting about yeah
1: Aegon not a really good guy <laughs> no <laughs> turns out
0: I, yeah I mean we, we get hints of it before but now uh, it's made even more clear um yeah it was that that whole conversation was was really interesting because Alicent clearly has a lot of sympathy for her um In a lot of ways but she kind of has to like tell herself to like not have like enough like has to kind of put on a facade i don't know if it's fully a facade or anything but she's she's not as sympathetic as she could be and she kind of does some some victim blaming kind of uh um just uh, things but I don't know. what do you think of the scene? Well, I think she's just torn
1: because on one hand, Aegon's her son and she believes mm-hmm. he should be the heir. On the other hand, she thinks Aegon is a complete failure of a person. So, yeah, exactly. so I think she's frustrated by that and she needs, she wants Aegon to get his crap together, get his poop mm-hmm. in a group. Um, so I think that's just the conflict within her. Cause I do think she actually does sympathize with the handmaiden and, she does, I think, want to be friends with Rhaenyra again, but mm-hmm. the situation uh, and the people around her continue to drive a wedge into that relationship between them. So that's that would be my reaction to that. Aegon's just, <laughs> he's like the the kid who just eats Doritos and drinks Mountain Dew and plays the video games like all day of Westeros is my thing, <laughs> yeah. uh, my he, perception of it
0: yeah he's just a layabout terrible person and yeah it'll be i'm interested to see what happens with him moving forward because he's he's probably like the most morally bankrupt character on the show right now (laughs) him or otto him or yeah that's true
1: otto's or uh um laris strong who just kills his family and doesn't think about it
0: yeah, I, I guess maybe I'd i maybe put more egg on with Laris. I think Otto is he's definitely like power hungry and stuff, but he I don't know. I don't think we've fully seen what, what he can do yet.
1: I don't know. We'll see, Holden. Let's jump to the dinner scene. Okay,
0: yeah, the dinner scene, which was also The dinneris. Favorite... Yeah. The dinner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of one of my favorite scenes of the show so far as well. Um because it starts out and it's incredibly hostile it's i mean not unlike how um other dinner scenes or other big family meetings have gone um but it kind of gradually becomes nicer as it goes along we have characters kind of making up with each other and um you have rhaenyra and um Allison kind of making up a little bit. Is that in this scene or was that before yeah. this scene? Okay. That's what I thought. They give their um, toast. Yeah. And so there's there's some kind of mending going on in these familial relationships, which is fantastic. And it's, it's kind of just this nice, you know, final scene for our king uh, to have because it's basically what he's ac- tried to accomplish this whole time. He shows everybody his face. That was pretty cool. Yep. Yep. And that's where we get the little two face moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Gustavo <he's>, Fring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's probably more like it actually. No, yeah. Um, and he <laughs> he uh, just is like so happy everybody's together and they have the montage where everybody's just dancing and have a good time and he's smiling in his chair. And uh then he get coughs or whatever he's taken away, and then you got Eamon's toast mm-hmm. to the three strong boys. I was like, oh, that's good. It's pretty that's pretty witty. C- cutting <laughs> cutting deep. I really like uh Jace, I think it is. Is that Rhaenyra's eldest son?
0: I cannot keep any of the children's. I names think it's straight Jace, Akon, then so.
1: Luke, and then um Joffrey, and then it's Agond and Amond and Helena, so there you go, I think that's right, um okay, but yeah, and then you have like the the Jason and Luke are gonna be get married and they're celebrating that and all that stuff mm-hmm. but uh yeah the the fight breaks out, and nobody loses an eye this time. nope, <laughs> significantly less violent than last time. But I'm just glad our boy Viserys got to die thinking his family was, you know, good.
0: He even accomplished though it's it. Definitely not.
1: They all went to Culver's and had a nice family meal together. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's good for him that, I mean, for his character, that even though he has been tortured just so much with this illness and all of these terrible things happening to him and his family, Then at least at the very end he kind of has more of a happy ending i think than a lot of a lot of characters in this franchise (laughs) in this world yeah
1: um i thought the very ending was pretty stupid (laughs) when uh allison comes in and just like oh aegon the 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 prince who was promised well i was like that's they added that to this show and i think that's could just kind of if that's the source of the
0: conflict, I thought that was kind of dumb. Yeah, it's it's kind of dumb, and I think the biggest issue for me is that, uh, it I'm not entirely convinced that even with like what he says, that like she would put be able to put it all together because she has like no prior context for what this conversation is. She doesn't know about the Song of Ice and Fire or anything, and she doesn't really know about that legend or you know, any of these prophecies um and Viserys isn't very clear with what exactly he's saying so I honestly you know I would be more okay with it if it's if it it more of just spurs like some like distrust or interest or of some sort like intrigue from Alicent maybe it doesn't exactly right away um break out into some sort of conflict but maybe she's like wants to learn more or something. Yeah, I don't know. I
1: feel like it's going to, which I feel like is not the most compelling sort of reason to to have that. You know, I would rather see a different thing spur her on than oh, this Viserys was just saying this and now I interpreted it this way and I interpreted it wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that that's not as compelling as something that the audience feels too. Yeah. yeah. Um, personally, that's where I'm at. Anything else to say about this episode, Holden?
0: Um, I mean, do do we want to mention Damon's mistress thing?
1: I don't really know
0: what's going on with her, so more on yeah. that later. We have three more reviews to do, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we can just get on to our review of Andor then, if you want all right, let's dive into
1: our spoiler spoiler discussion of Andor episode six, "The Eye."
0: All right, Andor episode six, "The Eye" spoilers. Um, this was another series best. <laughs> for yeah. me. We got two, two series going on right now that we both quite enjoy. And in my opinion, the, this week's episodes for both have been the best of the series so far. Um, and, Andor is, I, I'm just, I I mentioned this to you, I'm dreading the possibility that this could just, this could fall off like soon (laughs) because i i'm i'm not entirely (laughs) convinced that disney will be able to pull through with like the this level of quality for the whole series but it's it is so good so far
1: yeah this episode was incredible Mm -hmm. intense throughout the entire time there was tension the whole freaking episode was a heist yeah it felt It, it was just, I just was like, I, I was, I had like high expectations for this episode. I'm like, oh, it's been good so far. This is like the big kind of set piece of this part of the season. They're building up to this. is going to deliver. And it 100% does.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think part of what makes this such a great episode is like all of the characters, uh, all of our central crew get something to do. And they're all like flawed <laughs> in different ways they they all end up doing something that um could potentially could potentially have ramifications moving forward for them um or it could have p- potentially you know ruined the whole heist as it were um but yeah it it was just it was tense from the very start to the very end Ugh. yeah Cassian Andor has a propensity to
1: be on teams where pretty much everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> <He> does. <laughs> so i'm staying far away from him.
0: yeah, no. Nah. he's i'm not he's not joining my uh my high school basketball team. that's for sure. Holden's <laughs> well, going back to high school. yeah. <laughs> and and
1: playing basketball. interesting. um yeah, i i i just thought like the entire time was intense and just building up through the episode i mean you have the entire visual visuals of the eye happening and then flying through it and all of that was just great so cool the music was good and everything (laughs) i was like this is peak star wars when you get some sort of crazy visual like this and the actions going on and i'm actually invested in the characters and the outcomes of the situation yeah i thought it was great and then it kept going after that with another good scene that actually made me more interested in cassian andor himself which i was surprised about but we can get there at the end holden i i didn't skim through the episode again like you did so if you want to kind of walk us through it go for it
0: i'm trying to i'm (laughs) i I feel like i kind of skipped over a lot at the beginning when i was skimming i was mostly just like trying to remember all the bits of the heist um but we kind of have them uh they start out the heist and they're they're walking out they're out with the the native people of this planet who are gathered to uh, witness the eye happen um and I kind of liked, I I liked how that scene all went down because you have like the weird officer, Imperial officer guy come over and kind of talk to them a bit, but it's not like he's immediately suspicious of them. Like a lot of these types of movies or TV shows would like, sometimes you'll just have this antagonist that's suspicious for no reason, even though mm-hmm. like the team is doing everything correct, but no, you know, they're doing everything well. He's not even suspicious and, um... Then when everything starts going down when they're inside, I I was like, oh, they're taking like kids hostage. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Jesus Christ, they're really not. I mean, they're they're really keen on showing a lot of the the darker sides of the rebellion in this series which I am all for because I think there there's a lot of moral gray grounds that you can cover and I think it's something that we haven't really gotten before and now that we're finally exploring it it's it's really interesting
1: well that was the idea behind Rogue One too that they couldn't quite pull off I mean it would be really interesting if Tony Gilroy was just kind of heading that whole movie from the beginning Mm-hmm. And what we could have gotten from that, based on what we've seen here, um, because I think a lot of that movie is just boring, yeah. <laughs> and then it's good at the end.
0: First two thirds are boring, yeah. Uh,
1: outside of Krennic, which he's a great character too, and I, I like uh, how they continue that in this show where they humanize the the Imperial officers and everybody involved in the Empire. Not that they're good people or no. but they but they're people. Like they're not just these robots who are bad and can't hit their targets with their blasters. It's like, you know, these are actually people like, oh, I got to impress this higher imperial, you know, uh, commander so I can get off this crappy planet and move my family (laughs) somewhere nice so my wife isn't nagging at me anymore. Whatever, you know, my kid won't wear his imperial shawl or whatever. And it's like all these, (laughs) you know, real life
0: problems of this guy. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting because, like you said, it's not completely just redeeming him or anything by showing the family, uh, which I think would be an easy thing to do. Like, oh, show he has a wife and kids, then you're not going to want, like, no longer going to want to see him die. But he's also just, like, really cru- like, a jerk, at least behind their backs to the, the natives of the planet and stuff. He just doesn't care about them at all, and he, he pretends to, and... So, there, I mean, this one character that's basically only been in this episode has has a bit of depth to him that I quite enjoy.
1: Yeah, a little, like, um, institutional genocide or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. like a procedural genocide of these people. They're not, like, or an indirect, I guess, where they're not, like, actually going out and killing them, but they're making it harder for them to live the way they want to live and mm-hmm. be where they are, and just very gradually, systematically. Um, which I thought was interesting as well, and all that stuff was really great. I forgot does that guy die at the end the imperial I'm trying Guard? to
0: remember I don't think so. I don't think he does die, yeah, um, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs>
1: all those imperial guards are just like playing uno, <laughs> yeah, when they come down to steal. The money. So it is literally just money. When they say payroll, they weren't talking about like a
0: document with people's names on it. There's just literally all the money. Yeah. All the credits. Which made it a lot more tense than if it was just a document because, I mean, a lot of it, a lot, there's a good chunk of this episode that's them just trying to quickly load all of these credits or whatever onto a ship. And that was, and they keep screwing it up and everything. And then they have to defend themselves against. Uh, the imperial guards that come down and it's very very tense yeah and they like jam the communications and all that good stuff yeah i wanted i guess kind of towards the beginning of the heist you have i don't know the character's name but the leader kind of the squad the kind of organizer of this um and she's like not sure she's like really nervous and she almost throws off the whole heist because she's just like unsure of the whole situation but ends up going through with it which is good yeah but uh yeah no the
1: the loading of the money was really intense because it like they're clearly just not going to have time to do it all
0: Mm -hmm. like it was so much (laughs) they just have they just have to get as much as they possibly can until the last second it's it in that way it kind of reminded me of the train from breaking bad (laughs) like like they realistically can't get all of that methylamine um but they do end up getting all of it i guess there but they shouldn't have
1: (laughs) yeah where yeah this was just like there's no way they can get all how much can they get and when Mm -hmm. should they leave um i guess a critique of the episode would be i feel like the blasters are just lacking a little oomph or something I don't know if it's just the sound effects. It yeah, just doesn't yeah, it's not that. as intense or something. I don't know why. Um but then people are getting just like hit by the blasters and just dying instantaneously. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, it's Star Wars. Okay, that's where it doesn't seem as mature as the
0: rest of the show. I think it's I thought it was really funny that that uh, the one the one squad member just has like an AK-47 blaster. <laughs> it just looks like it's an ak-47 painted in star wars colors i was like oh that's kind of funny it was cool looking like i'm i'm fine with that i like interesting blaster designs but it, it just clearly was inspired by that type of gun yeah but uh, yeah, then they get the whole sequence where they're taken off and then the
1: TIE fighters come. And again, it keeps just building this tension,
0: all that. Yeah, stuff. The, the yeah, the TIE pilots loading into the the, tie, the fighters themselves and then them, them launching. That was all like just how how much time do they have left before these guys get there? And Andor is like, I don't care about
1: this guy who's dying. Just let's where is the court? Like, I need to know where I'm going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which is like, wow. Cool. we're all gonna die if you guys don't help me
1: <laughs> um yeah and uh it's interesting that that one guy was really like hey we need to help him or whatever and uh they i mean the whole thing with the eye and the tie fighters was visually just incredible yeah. it reminds me like that's just creative visual where you just you sit there and you're watching and you're just like that looks really cool Mm -hmm. whoever came up with that great job it reminds me of like Crate in in the Mm -hmm. last show it's like that just looks really cool whatever you think about that movie you can't like the speeders breaking in the red dust or the red salt crystals flying you can't say that that's not really cool looking
0: yeah they just found a really creative set piece for for this show for the um, ships and everything and then you know very fantastic color palette and it was tense i mean it it, in some ways reminiscent of the asteroid field from empire just flying Mm -hmm. through this impossible to fly through situation and then the tie fighters just eating it (laughs) yeah um
1: and they get away and they they land on the planet and they they're like fixing up the guy i'm like oh they're gonna fix up the guy he's gonna be alive and nope he's dead he's just dead (laughs) Uh, but that allows Cassian to go out with that other guy and talk. And the other guy's like, hey, you know, we could each have 40 million credits or 20 million credits, whatever it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, Cassian just kills him.
0: Yeah. That was honestly as, as intense as the rest of the episode was. I was almost like more surprised by that because I was like, that, that's very interesting. From just his character, because that that like increased my interest in his character significantly. Just like that one moment, because as I've mentioned with previous episodes, I felt like he's always been the least interesting part. But now I'm I'm really interested to see where his head where his head's at and why he did exactly that. Yeah, he's he's not just in it
1: for the money now.
0: Yeah. He, he he sees the cause as worthy, perhaps.
1: Yeah. All right. I don't know if he's all the way there, but I think no. it just was like a, like a, like I he just didn't appreciate that guy saying that after all everything they
0: did together. Yeah. Is, it could, it could be a complex mix of those, those feelings, honestly. So um,
1: I, I think he's pretty far away from Hoorah Ra Empire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or excuse me, Rebellion.
0: Hoorah Ra. Yay. Well, he's also far away from Hoorah Ra Empire, but yeah, he's pretty um, far away from that, I think. Yeah well that's uh that speaking of rogue one and like one of the things that people all like to criticize in that movie is that jen urso just has like a sudden 180 in that movie like, oh yeah that <laughs> out that, of nowhere yeah. like doesn't care about the rebellion and then all of a sudden she's like oh the rebellion's everything you guys inspire hope or whatever she says yeah um but Man, yeah that, no i i like to see if perhaps there's this middle ground he's in right now and yeah very cool yeah
1: i agree holden and uh we get the whole uh sequence of Luther at the end mm-hmm. with the customer and the customer's like hey have you seen this attack on this one place it's all over the news albani or whatever He's yeah. like,
0: oh, is that right? And he's like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, he in goes the in the room. back to just laugh. Which I was like, nice. He's considering how stressed he was in the previous episode. I'm sure it was quite a relief. Yeah. So,
1: good stuff. Hold on, I'm excited for next week. I, I just we'll see where it goes from now from here. Yeah.
0: What I? One question: What what happened to the? the one member of their crew yeah the the uh, the love interest for the
1: main girl or is that what you yeah you're saying? yeah that's what i want to know <laughs> i was like she I, just I, gets I... left behind and then you don't see her for the rest of the episode so i'm guessing they reconnect later on
0: yeah my guess is that that was it seemed like that was part of the plan they didn't really make any effort to go back for her or anything so i'm guessing she was always supposed to kind of be left behind and then you know maybe escape out into the countryside or something yeah um, because the the leader the leader does say like god promise that i'll see
1: you again or whatever
0: yeah which yeah touching so yeah and hopefully we'll see her again hopefully she doesn't just die on that planet (laughs) yeah
1: hopefully you know disney alluding vaguely alluding to a same-sex relationship yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh classic disney um (laughs) Yeah, so that's where we're at. We'll see where it goes next week. Holden, what shall we review
0: next? I think we should do Werewolf by Night, Jimmy.
1: All right, let's talk about Werewolf by Night.
0: all right werewolf by night is the new marvel halloween special on disney plus it's not quite a show it's not quite a movie runs for about 50 minutes um something that kind of popped up out of nowhere for a lot of people it's uh just this black and white homage to monster movies of old kind of stuff you'd see in the 30s and 40s um and really i mean doesn't have much of a connection on its surface to the rest of the MCU right now so like even if you aren't caught up on the MCU I think it's something you could very easily watch um yeah
1: absolutely you could just watch this without with literally not seeing any other Marvel property before yeah yeah um but Jimmy what'd you think of this I thought it was pretty good I Mm -hmm. didn't I you know what my biggest gripe with the thing was that it just wasn't a full movie <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, like, I was like, I wish this was. I wish we would have seen more of this, or like, I wish they would have <laughs> developed these characters a little bit more. And yeah, that's really it. Like, I thought it was well done. I thought the the characters they did feature were somewhat interesting. I just sort of was like, man, I wish we could see this a little bit rather than the character just explaining everything about themselves through dialogue. Yeah, which you yeah. kind of have to do in in this short runtime.
0: Yeah, that is they did the best with what the time they had. I don't know, I mean, I'm no insider on in Marvel, so I don't know exactly how, you know, the pitch for this uh, went down, but clearly they only had this limited amount of time. Um, so they did the best with what they could. But yeah, the ideas could have been expanded more into a full movie. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of these characters again, especially with the positive reception that this is getting. Um, but... Yeah, no, I thought this was a really fun time. I've actually seen it twice now because I watched it last week forgetting to tell you to watch it for the podcast last <laughs> week and then I just kind of got sucked into watching it again earlier today. Um but yeah, oh, and I guess I should have mentioned at the beginning too. This is directed by Michael Giacchino, a famous movie composer that we've talked about multiple very, quite often on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably know him from stuff like the batman from the incredibles um rogue other one. things <laughs> other things rogue
1: one up yeah. uh i think they've done quite a few pixar things yeah Oh yeah, because I
0: think he did Ratatouille as well.
1: I think so. Yeah, he did Thor. He did Jurassic World. He's done a lot of things all the time.
0: Yeah, he's, he's he's a very busy man. But apparently, this has kind of been something he's wanted to do for a long time. He's always been interested in directing, and since he's done, he has done at least like the Spider-Man movies uh, for Marvel. I'm sure he's done other ones too. Um, he's he's uh, tied to J.J. Abrams, so like he did
1: Lost. Which is oh, okay. very good music. He did the Star Trek movies as well.
0: He yeah. Probably so, did Super
1: Eight, I imagine. He's kind of like, um, John Williams to Steven Spielberg is Michael Giacchino to J.J. J. Abrams, but also other people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Um, but yeah, he, um, He's he's wanted to do this for a while, and I'm guessing since he just has this healthy relationship with Marvel that he had mentioned it to them, and they're like, "Yeah, try this project out on for size." Worked out really well. This is a really good de- directorial debut from him. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I think it's it's well directed, and it's I, he also did the score for it. I don't think the score isn't like necessarily anything special, but he I think one of the strengths is that since he did compose it. He knows and he directed it. He knows exactly where everything should go in terms of music. <laughs> like Yeah. He's he's just Yeah. He knows all of that stuff probably ahead of time before he even makes it. He nailed the aesthetic and the feel
1: of the the classic horror film too. The black and yeah. white. He, but he modernized it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you have all these homages, but then you also have like a modern day really well choreographed action sequence <laughs>
0: so yeah it's like
1: wow you know we can have these two things mashed together in a way that we haven't seen it before and that's what makes this movie stand out which is which is cool
0: yeah it's it, it isn't i think um that's a complaint some people have is that it's not you know completely an homage but i don't it, i don't really dislike that it i think where it mostly sticks true to the homage is with the uh, set design, which looks very old school. It looks kind of cheap, but in a very pleasing way, like a very just kind of cute way. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, The story, I was since I've been watching a few of the older monster movies recently, I didn't really realize just how often they like to throw you in the middle of just all of these characters in a world and everything and it kind of it lets you play catch up a little bit and this does explain to you some things at the beginning and whatnot but it is a wholly new you know world that you have to be enveloped in and learn about in 50 minutes essentially yeah. i'm glad that Jiminy e cricket came
1: down and was explaining to yeah. me what was <laughs> gonna happen <laughs> well, all these guys are they're gonna fight each other and try to get the bloodstone and oh give <laughs> cricket look at there's a big monster
0: um but yeah and then i mean you do have some cg and stuff sprinkled in there um it it's not it's not shot on film i'm almost certain of it they do add a lot of film effects to it it just looks like it is too it's like digitally smooth i think yeah i think it's um,
1: digital definitely
0: um which, you know, if it was shot on film, I think that would have just been a cherry on top. But it, it doesn't really affect my opinion of Okay, it at all. Quentin
1: Tarantino.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it just, because it would have added to the, the very authentic feel of it. And so I think it would have been cool. But I'm not, I'm not someone who's like, it has to be on film. I'm not a Quentin Tarantino Jimmy. How dare you make that accusation? Why make a movie if it's not going to be on film? <laughs> just don't do it.
1: Well, it's not a movie; it's a Halloween special. So there, you there go. we go, there we go, Holden. <laughs> I honestly just think that parts of the story are just, like I said, a lot of uh, exposition-heavy dialogue. Some characters <laughs> are just there.
0: <laughs> I think the begin. I think the second half of the movie is better than the first half. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think when you uh, when you do enter the more action sequences and just. I th- and the Real. more gore and everything by the way i want to say i i didn't think about this until i was watching it this morning this movie has better kills than the ho- new halloween movie that we saw
1: <laughs> for this, at least the same amount of good kills i would say probably and oh, one see, is i think 50 minutes <laughs> <laughs> wait what one is 50 minutes long and the other one's
0: Two of well, those, okay. I mean, it probably has like the same amount of kills overall, but eh, I mean, I'm getting into Halloween ends. Criticism well, there's so a much. there's a couple good kills in Halloween ends. A couple, you know. I, I would argue one for my opinion, but that's fine. Eh, whatever. I personally think there's more good, more good stuff in this. And okay. I was, which I think is kind of saying something if the new Marvel property has has more good things going for it than the new or in terms of horror than the uh new halloween film also quite gory for a marvel thing
1: yeah what was the other gory marvel thing that came out recently
0: um doesn't yeah you're right there was something there was something there was
1: like wow that was gory was it thor oh no it was dr strange dr strange that's what it was
0: yeah yeah with all the with all of the stuff yeah yeah scarlet witch's stuff yeah um but, yeah, no, I and I think it's it's not overly gory. It's not like you'll go into this expecting like a like a modern day horror movie where it's just blood gushing everywhere. It's kind of
1: like rings of power level of gore, I would say, or it's yeah. like it's not uncharted when someone's throat gets lit and there's no blood <laughs> at all, and somehow they die instantaneously, yeah, but it's but, not you know game of thrones someone gets their head chopped off and mm-hmm. it's
0: just all over now there was some blood squirts but you know yeah. happy in between rings of yeah, power yeah mobile. and i think it i think that level both fits the fact that it is one marvel um but also two that it's an old horror movie because i mean it, in the 30s 40s you didn't have just blood and guts squirting everywhere like all the time <laughs> It's it was much closer to something like this if there was any blood um but I think even most of the time back then there wasn't. That was probably like a taboo thing back then. Um, For whatever I, reason, I
1: really want to watch like the last thirty minutes of *Malignant* again now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because I—I mean, without spoiling exactly what happens in this, there is uh, there is a couple really good, well choreographed fight scenes and. I also think of the end of Malignant where there's just the insanity that happens at the end of that. (laughs) Um, Oh, I want to mention, I think the performances are pretty good. Yeah. I liked, um, I mean, like you said, the characters, I mean, it would be better if the characters could, you know, show more than tell, but I think the performances in general of um, whatever the, the main character, I think Jack is his name. Yeah, Jack and... And Elsa, Elsa. Bloodstone. They're both... I I thought they were both great. Um, So, I liked them. I I hope we see more of them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think we should just get into spoilers so we can keep this puppy rolling. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Did you want to give a rating, Holden? Oh, yeah, I'll give a rating to this. I think I'll honestly give it probably 8 out of 10. Um, This is probably one of my favorite um marvel projects this entire phase and i think they should be encouraged to do more things like this because it's probably the most creative thing they've done maybe ever ever, <laughs> ever. yeah <laughs> really you think ever i don't i'm trying to think of like what else comes to this level of like stylistic creativity I mean, I guess, you know, like the initial Marvel movies themselves are just creative for the fact that they were new, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, we yeah, trying but, to think. I mean, I guess Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Thor Ragnarok, had a lot of stuff going for it. I don't know. Regardless, very creative, really like it. Jimmy, who would you recommend this to? Who would
1: I recommend this to? Are you a fan of Marvel? You should just check it out. Are you a fan of kind of the... Just things that are kind of entertaining to watch. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, classic horror. If you just think of modernized uh, take of that with some good action sequences. Sounds cool. Check it out. If you have Disney Plus, just watch it. You might as well if you need something spooky for Halloween. If you're like, yeah. man, I kind of want to see something that's PG-13 for Halloween but not too spooky. Mm-hmm. This isn't really spooky at all, I would say. No. Um, you're not going to have nightmares from this, but or anything like that. And you no. could you could watch it with, you know, like a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old and I think you they'd be fine. Personally, um yeah, I agree. So, yeah. So that's what I would say, yeah. It's a I don't think anybody's watching this and being like, "Man, what a waste of 50 minutes." Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is nice that it's pretty short. I think that helps for a lot of people. Um yeah. in that regard, I would do wish it was longer though.
1: All right, sweet. All right, let's dive into spoilers, Holden.
0: Yeah. All right, spoilers for Werewolf by Night. Um, yeah, we can talk about we we've been dancing around the uh, the end kind of fight scenes, which, um. The I mean the one big standout one is the the scene with the door closing. Yeah, um, that and, shot is is very is a very cool shot. Yeah, and just the the werewolf <laughs> completely just massacring these people. He like rips a guy's he like I don't know if he rips his heart out, but just like punches a hole through a guy at one point. There's a lot of neck slashing. Um, it reminded me a lot of honestly the the very popular daredevil fight scenes that are very impressively choreographed as Mm -hmm. well
1: yeah it reminded me a lot of the hallway fight scene from daredevil yeah yeah that i have not seen (laughs) (laughs) it does Uh, does. i like how they didn't cut a million times in between everything and they
0: let the scene play out Mm -hmm. thank goodness that's what
1: a good action sequence looks
0: like Yeah, and it's weird because this didn't have to have that. Like, I I went in expecting this to just be, you know, old monster movie. You know, maybe most of your kills would be off screen or whatever. It's just a lot of things left up to the imagination. But all of this just happens in the second half. (laughs) I mean, no good reason other than our entertainment, but I think the, the special is better for it.
1: Yeah, it definitely. That was when it felt the most modern, but in a good way. Mm. Like here's a modern action sequence that's well done in this scene in this movie that is a lot of homage to things that or horror movies a hundred years ago. So I appreciate that a lot. Another shot that I just really liked was the transformation to the werewolf and kind of the strobing lights. Yeah, Uh, that was
0: great. I I think i'm trying to i i mean i i've never seen like the old wolfman movie or anything but i know on-screen transformation transformations i don't think they really became big until like the 80s there an american werewolf in london is the is the one yeah, that everyone the references famous for famous on-screen transformations so the nutty I professor felt like this was a lot or what the nutty professor
1: yeah. <laughs> which gave me horror or uh gave me nightmares
0: as a kid. Oh my gosh. No, I feel like this it, th- that tran- the transformation in this feels a lot more old school because it's it's a lot more off screen, but you do have the the shadows and everything and Elsa's horrified expression, which was great. I also just like how the costume was kind of crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it looked like old very I mean from what I've seen of the old wolf man it looked very similar to that um, which is perfect like I think. wearing a
1: shirt that looks like fur yeah'
0: <laughs> I It'll, that was it, funny that's that's the one thing I'm wondering is like if if the characters from this do enter the wider Marvel Universe at any point um, even if it's just for like blade which I or something like that which I feel would be a natural fit I like, are they gonna keep that same costume? <laughs> like, well, it works because it's dark and you
1: yes, and it's in you know, black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just
0: I, it worked for this. That's all I gotta mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Th- so, the, so who knows if they if they'll change it or if they don't, if it would work <laughs> in any other context? I don't think it would. I'd hope they find some way of adjusting it. I guess, but no, it it looks very crappy, but in a very endearing way. Mm-hmm. yeah um you like the the old man in the in the box yeah that was a good <laughs> animatronic kind of like oh I'll be rotting for you yeah it's I felt like funny. yeah this the special it's not overly funny or doesn't try to be overly funny like a lot of Marvel things do but I felt like the moments of humor did land f- for the most part because they were pretty sporadic
1: yeah um I thought the worst part of the movie was the hunt. I thought that was just not that exciting. I didn't feel any of the tension.
0: Yeah, well, the problem is is that the space they're in is just so big and it's so hard. I mean, it's purposefully confusing, but then it's really hard for the audience to tell where anyone is at any point. (laughs) Like, and it just kind of seems like You'll have the hunters show up for out of nowhere, which it se- it seems like with the size of that place, they would be missing each other a lot more. Like you wouldn't have them run into each other all the time.
1: And I just don't know anything about the hunters. Like mm-hmm. they just seemed like very two dimensional. There, I did not feel any tension. It just, I thought that was the weakest part, and I thought the whole premise was cool. Mm-hmm. So that was the part I would like to see more fleshed out because it's like that's oh, the hunger games kind of yeah and it's just there was just i didn't feel
0: anything really yeah and i i do think like i liked the bit w- i i think there's some good kills in there that's probably the the most redeeming part like when Elsa shoots the guy in the neck and then just like has to hold him from like making any noise. That's uh, to, cool. But also, how would that guy not see them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like they just needed a, a there needed to be a, a little uh, bit more leaves. Yeah. Maybe like a bigger bush for them to hide in or something. Yeah.
1: But uh, him, yeah, her cutting off his arm and then using his arm. It's like, that's a nice thing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but it's like these other people. I'm like, Where are they what What are they doing? I mean they're all here to get the thing, but exactly uh, I don't know it just didn't it it didn't feel like I was watching some intense thing. I didn't really care um, but then the second half just kind of abandons the whole premise of the movie, yeah, <laughs> and turns into something else, which is cool, and I think it 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 works really well. I think it would have been even cooler if I like cared about the first half of the movie
0: yeah no I I totally agree with that um then you also have uh the the monster they're hunting is Man-Thing um he's not referred to such in this he's just referred to as Ted (laughs) yeah Ted that was nice (laughs) um which I think is I think that is the character's real name in the comics because he's he's like a guy who I don't know fell into a swamp or something I don't know exactly what (laughs) (laughs) happens um but yeah no that that was cool and man things a pretty big character in the comics so it was kind of fun to see him introduced in the mcu here um and he was fully cg i didn't i felt like it worked pretty well for this yeah. just because it was black and white i um once again i feel like if it was maybe in color he wouldn't have looked as good but even at the end i guess when it turns to color he still looked pretty good um seems like he has a nice fun relationship with our main character um just just monster pals yeah some monster mates yeah exactly and i he just disintegrates people
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you had the the lady's head just rolling away that was pretty graphic
0: for a marvel yeah yeah i i loved that that was hilarious he went that way (laughs) that's a good line i wanted to um i I wanted to mention i I, in non-spoilers i mentioned i liked the kills in this honestly my favorite kill i think was the funniest one which is when elsa just slices the guy's throat when he falls on the sword or whatever yeah <laughs> i thought that was really funny um it was yeah but very nice. i don't know what else to say about this jimmy
1: i don't think i really have anything else to say about it um, uh the somewhere over the rainbow was a nice touch when everything mm-hmm. turned to color nice another little homage
0: yep and it looked I mean at least the way they edited the colors it looked very technicolor um, especially the shot of Elsa I was like wow this, yeah. <laughs> the way the skin is the pops and the the red and everything looks very reminiscent of Wizard of Oz yeah but, um, spoilers for the Wizard of Oz
1: yeah it turns color yeah <laughs> um anything else holding or shall we move on
0: no let's let's move on
1: all right time for a non-spoiler review of halloween ends
0: all right um so we've had three conversations today of three things we quite enjoyed um all good things must come to an end, Jimmy. And Halloween most certainly ended this week. It ends tonight. It ends tonight. Ironically, realized. not said in this movie. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we. Jimmy mentioned earlier that we went into this theater, and he was ta- talking to me and said, "It cannot be worse than Halloween Kills." Um. I didn't. I didn't hate Halloween Kills as much as Jimmy did. I don't think it's a fun um, time. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But it, it just as a follow-up to tw- the 2018 one that we both thought was pretty solid at the time, it felt like just quite a bit of a mess. Um,
1: it Well, it felt like a movie that was just a filler episode of a show leading to the final movie.
0: Yes, yes. Um, and somehow this is a lot worse <laughs> it's way
1: worse that's the incredible thing
0: significant not even just a little bit worse it is significantly worse than halloween kills and it makes it does in some ways make halloween kills even worse in retrospect because we have a filler episode that feels like it's building up to a final episode but this just abandons that <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy because didn't they film them back to back yeah that's that is the crazy thing to me so i i have compared this also to jurassic world dominion which i feel like i'll need to go further in my comparison in spoilers man that
1: is a good which one is the worst
0: (laughs) but um yeah it's i I don't know It, it it is just a complete mess I don't know, man.
1: I mean, at least there are dinosaurs in Jurassic World Dominion.
0: So, yeah, yeah, you can say it, yeah, for sure. I guess actually, you know what? I th- let me write down exactly or I I wrote down the full comparison. I don't think it will spoil anything. Um, where was it? Oh, here it is. Uh, so I wrote so Jurassic World Dominion and Halloween Ends. They're both trilogy cap- cappers that present some interesting ideas in the opening narration which I thought was weird that it's both in the opening narration decides to drop them completely and certain characters in favor of a never before seen threat and an ending with a rushed third act filled with unearned fan service. Yep.
1: So I would say so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This movie is, I I can't believe it. And oh, I guess I kind of dropped my thought earlier. What exactly what I was saying, but um, it is, The fact that these two were filmed back to back, I think, is almost worse than Jurassic World 2 and 3, because in this case, you have no excuse as to why they're so messy together, why they make no sense together. It feels like like they're
1: made by two different people. It doesn't even like they don't even seem related. It's not like one builds into the other one. No, there's one. And then this one's four years later and
0: has nothing to do with the one that happened before it. But no, if they if you have the writers and director, you know, working on it immediately after the the filming for Halloween Kills ended or whatever, it's just there's no excuse. It's so bizarre. <laughs> it is so
1: bad. I it I just can't I cannot believe that the same person made these 3 movies. I cannot yeah. believe the same person made the three movies.
0: <laughs> Diminishing returns exponentially. Um, and what sucks is I feel like the, like the core problem with this we can't even talk about because I did not know a lot of what like the central like thing in this movie was in this until we got in the. Theater. Well, it's not in any of the marketing. No. Um, I guess what we can say is uh Michael Myers is not in this as much as he should be. And he is he, you pointed out that he does he does not show up for more than five seconds of total screen time in the entire first hour of the movie. <laughs> Which this movie is, I mean, it's like two hours. It's pretty it's kind of long for a movie like this. But still, like you you need michael as a constant threat he's this iconic horror movie villain the it's one of the positives of halloween kills is he's throughout that movie he's a constant threat doing things throughout that movie but here he's just absent for like 90 percent of it yeah (laughs) it's so weird (laughs) and there's um i I i think a lot of people know this at this point without getting into too deep. There is a time jump uh in between Halloween kills and this. It's this is set four years later, uh for the most part, aside from the opening. I said that, yeah. Oh, you said that, okay. Yeah. Um But it <laughs> I don't know. There's the time jump and then just Michael is like no longer a threat, even though he's still on the loose. It's so bizarre. Like you would think it would go a direction like, oh, maybe he's constantly been terrorizing this town over the last four years or something or, but, or he has, he's been gone
1: for a year, but now it's Halloween again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he has been coming back on each Halloween or something and people are getting terrified but he's just like not around and like then you have people like lori who have moved on um which you know good for her character i don't i don't think that's necessarily a bad place to take her character you know maybe have her have moved on for a while then be tempted to be drawn back into this mania that she had before um but yeah i don't i don't know it just doesn't work here they
1: had one job
0: and that one job was to
1: make an uh, just an entertaining movie where Michael Myers just goes and kills people, mm-hmm. and this is that does not happen in this movie no. nearly <laughs> enough.
0: It's it is the final Halloween movie. I, all the marketing is around the fact that it's Michael. It, it's I mean I don't think it's really the final Halloween movie. They'll probably reboot it, but the final one of this trilogy, final one that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be in you know have it go all out have it be the most halloween of any of these movies it doesn't even have to be great but it just d- abandons all of that it's so weird <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> the
1: last 20 minutes of this movie are a halloween movie mm-hmm. the first hour and a half of this movie is just a horrible movie put yes. in front of the first hour and a half It's nothing to do with halloween It Mm -hmm. does not. It is like they had a different script and they just added 20 minutes of Halloween at the end. It's like 10 Cloverfield Lane where it's literally a different script. And then the last 15 minutes, it's Cloverfield. And you're like, well, that didn't fit. Um, except the Ten Cloverfield Lane, that first chunk was really good, and the last chunk was bad. Whereas, this yeah, it's is like the opposite ratio. The, the last vast majority of the that. movie is horrible. In the last twenty minutes, it's like, oh, this is what I paid for to see. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Oh I just, I just sat there the entire time laughing because I could not believe how ridiculously <laughs> dumb this movie was. It is a movie that takes itself
0: so seriously. And it is so awful. What's th- That's another thing is this movie does take itself very seriously, which is not something you can really say about the last two. Because um, you have Danny McBride. He's one of the writers on this. I mean, he's a comedic actor. He's done a lot of stuff. And I- I've always found it weird that he's been one of the writers on these movies. But I think that's why the last two have always had a hint of comedy self-awareness. And while I don't think the comedy always lands in those last two, and honestly probably <laughs> misses more than it lands, uh, it's I feel like it's needed here because the premise just gets so convoluted and absurd to a point. And uh, everyone's just treating it completely like, yeah, seriously, completely straight. And we can't talk about it without spoiling a movie. So. Exactly.
1: Yeah. which i think Um, we should do we should just go into so do you have a
0: rating holden yeah i think this this might be a two out of ten for me i think this is on like pretty close to the level of amsterdam and like the other worst movies of this year it is not entertaining i mean i guess it's not completely boring like amsterdam was but it's still just a complete train wreck and i don't I don't really see how anyone who's a fan of this franchise can be into this because I feel like even if you like the schlockiest um, Halloween movies, like the old ones or whatever, this doesn't really seem to present any of the same things that you might get out of those. (laughs) You don't have fun, uh, like kill spree. You don't have that very, very many interesting kills. It, seems like it just completely misses any of its potential audiences
1: who is this movie for? this exactly. movie is for someone who has a subscription to peacock and they can just go to the last 20 minutes and watch that all <laughs> yeah. um I would not recommend it to anybody else. This movie is so mm-hmm. bad mm-hmm. um it's it's entertaining in the fact that it's just baffingly baffingly terrible bafflingly bafflingly <laughs> whatever that word is terrible um whereas amsterdam is just boring this mm. is like entertaining that it's just so badly written exactly so
0: there you go um at least it's like i don't think it's paced slowly no i i guess that's probably my main compliment to it is that it didn't really drag that's that's where the one point for, for me comes from, is that it, it wasn't me tapping my foot the whole time. Yeah, I
1: didn't check my watch to see when is this movie going to be over, but I did check my watch to see, oh my gosh, it's been over an hour and Michael Myers has not done anything in this yeah.
0: Halloween ends movie. <laughs> yeah, I think most of the entertainment came from this tra- just watching this train wreck happen. It wasn't from any merits of the film. <laughs> Uh honestly, yeah, I agree. Um
1: yes. We, we I really want to talk about spoilers. So let's Me too. <laughs> let's dive into the spoilers right now and if you haven't seen the movie, uh just listen to spoilers anyway cuz it will be probably yeah. be more entertaining than going and seeing the movie at this point. So there you go.
0: Yeah. Alright, spoilers for halloween ends if you really care for some reason skip but don't <laughs>
1: don't do it why did they make the worst ho- uh
0: romance movie i've ever seen <laughs> the yeah. finale to the halloween ends so, okay so devil's advocate i could see potential in having kind of a, a proxy killer you know maybe an assistant to michael myers be interesting like whatever like Michael Myers is really old. You have a four-year time gap. He's even older now. Yeah, but I'm. they like, literally in the last movie were like, he is the essence of evil. He's the well, bookie. Yeah. Like, he's this immortal thing.
1: Like, who cares? Like, they've established that he's not a person anymore.
0: Yeah, and that, that's what I don't... That's one of the things I don't get, is this movie is weirdly inconsistent with Michael himself, and I don't... The rules are not clearly established. Um with like what exactly he does and what he can do because i think there's this weird there's this weird plot thread that cory who's essentially the main character of this movie and jesus christ before we get too deep into Corey, <laughs> um there's a like plot thread that michael like corrupted him or something i think and because he then later mentions that you know lordy potentially could have been but wasn't and it's very vague and i think it's intentionally vague but i think that just makes it more confusing and not in an interesting way because we have Corey, who's established through most of this movie up to a point who's he's just like this like nice guy who's just like misunderstood because of this unfortunate accident and then he just has this 180 that either is completely out of character or is because Michael Myers corrupted him, which is no equally society as made him that way. Holden. Yeah. Yeah. Or that, which is also really stupid because there's no buildup to it. He's just all of a sudden he's a killer. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> Holden, all those traumatic scenes where he's getting bullied
0: by the band kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should mention that. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, we so for some reason the the bullies in this. First of all, Corey is a 20 something. He's like college age, maybe post college. He's right around our age I'd say. Maybe slightly younger. Um but he is being bullied by high school band kids, which is like the most pathetic thing in the world. <laughs> like as speaking as someone who was a high school band kid, if you get bullied by someone who's in that group, you are you deserve to be bullied maybe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like imagine getting bullied by holden yeah of exactly. what it's like it's
1: like what i
0: don't care what this guy thinks it yeah and way. it's it, i i mentioned to, to you after the fact that i don't i don't inherently have a problem with them trying different kinds of bullies you know jocks are the generic one you know try something different that's fine but like Yes, yeah, we need more bully rep- representation. Yeah, Hollywood. you know, diversify our bullies. No, but it it's the fact that it's just these band kids, and they seem really nerdy, and they're, like, scrawny, too. They're not even, like, big kids or anything. And Corey is a big guy. That's what the, another thing I don't get is they're, like, shoving him around, and he is built like a, like a linebacker. <laughs> and like, but... um. Uh, no and so it's just funny that he was you know getting bullied by these pathetic band one's kids. just always twirling a drumstick <laughs> yeah, that's how you know he's a drummer you know that's the only way yeah
1: it's a good gr- it's a great visual storytelling yeah
0: that's what you call show don't tell Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: the opening sequence with Corey is the babysitter i'm like oh yes good michael myers is gonna come the town's gonna Mm -hmm. know he's back and then it plays out i'm like oh no he's he's gonna actually accidentally kill this kid and Mm -hmm. that or the somehow some one person's gonna die on accident and that's gonna show how like michael myers is affecting this town subconsciously and we're never gonna see these characters again or if we do whatever um no well just first off the death itself
0: hilarious It it makes no sense in any way, like in terms of physics. I know to an extent, this is kind of nitpicking, I guess, but it's you have this kid getting knocked backwards over a balcony that is just slightly shorter than he is uh, somehow just flips over by the entire force of a door getting kicked open.
1: The door kicks open Mm -hmm. and he somehow flies like four feet back and goes (laughs) over the balcony that he's like three inches taller then yeah he doesn't like go through the balcony like the
0: balcony doesn't break and he falls he goes over the balcony that would you know if the balcony broke it would not be as much of an issue because like fine whatever it would still be a really hard kick but at least he's you know moving laterally and (laughs) then just falling off like whatever and then like
1: somehow he flips over but he doesn't like you would think if he's going with that much force he'd break through the balcony and he would like hit the opposite wall and then like Mm -hmm. fall down but no he like flips over the balcony straight down and then like explodes when he hits the ground it was
0: it was really funny i like i gotta i kind of chuckled at it which i felt bad about because i I feel like everyone else in the theater was taking it a bit more seriously but (laughs) it was so dumb what
1: happened to my uh, child
0: oh yeah and i I would be remiss any halloween fans that are listening yeah yeah. i did notice that uh, it plays the thing on tv directed by john carpenter which in the original halloween it plays the thing from another world the 50s movie that john carpenter really liked and decided to remake so yes i got that bit
1: yeah instead of watching this movie either either watch 2018 halloween which
0: i need to rewatch,
1: or just Mm -hmm. watch the thing which is a really good movie yeah
0: watch watch a an actual john carpenter movie that would be a lot more entertaining from any probably any of them um but anyway other things to talk i mean there's uh, i guess we can get into cory a bit <laughs> there is in- so much we could talk about all yeah <laughs> so cory introducing that opening fine and he becomes the central character which, again, Devil's Advocate, maybe it could be done well with a better script. Whatever. You know, have him somehow bring Lori back in that isn't super convoluted um, after she's moved on. But still, it's this new character that you introduce for the last part of your trilogy, or I guess trilogy if you include the original. Um, And just, it, there's... He's so bland... Like his entire character revolves on the fact that he was, he accidentally killed this kid and everyone hates him for it. And that's his entire character. And yeah, you do feel bad for him. I mean, like I would, if you know, I would feel bad for anyone in this exact situation, I guess, but I don't know. (laughs) There's not much more to him than that. And then he just enters into a romance with Lori's granddaughter who just falls in love with him. Like immediately. Yeah, it, I'm like it the most, there are multiple times where I'm like, they've gone on
1: one date or they've <laughs> gone on two dates. Why are they this serious about their relationship?
0: Yeah, and it, it's it's so like immediately as soon as she makes eye contact with him, she is in love with him. It is. It's like I don't know if she's just very desperate or what. I feel like Corey has a more realistic reaction to it because he's kind of like, I mean, he's awkward and whatever, and he's kind of unsure about this girl who's coming on to him really hard. (laughs) But, um, and at first she's
1: like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want this. You're just pushing me, grandma. And then she just 180s.
0: Yeah, it's super into it. And oh, my God.
1: Uh, maybe rude. it would work better if they were dating before Corey accidentally killed the kid.
0: Yeah, you know, ha- ha- make them have some previous history or something. That would be, you know, what? That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I I have a good idea every once in a while. Every
1: once in a while, yeah. <laughs> it's been a, every one out of 170 episodes,
0: <laughs> but uh, so but, see you in episode 340. <laughs> but then you have. Um, what you're supposed to feel bad for Corey with is like the way the town treats him and it treats him like he's a monster, and then you gets have his bullied by the band kids. It's bullied by the band kids. You have his parents, who his mom is just like cartoonishly. Overbearing. Oh my
1: gosh, that was so stupid and hard. <laughs> it to was watch.
0: really dumb. And you, you know, he could potentially have you know a fall to becoming insane or something I mean it'd be corny but if you had all these things build up but I don't know if it's the performance or if it's the writing you never get that sense that he's ever you know thinking about turning to anything like killing people
1: until if, he just starts to like stalk Lori Strode yeah <laughs> which until that he, jump scare he, outside her house was <laughs> hilarious yeah
0: <laughs> this movie has so many funny jump scares they it. are it is so
1: bad I, I think the top three or top two worst jump scares i've ever seen are all in
0: this movie <laughs> they are laughably terrible my my i like that one the, that one and the one where um the cop guy is going into the sewer and there is just a jump scare to literally nothing <laughs> it is just a loud noise <laughs> but and it's, it's straight, not even it's, that loud no but it it, but it's built up to like a jump scare but there's nothing there like you don't see anything michael's not there Corey isn't there it's just nothing he doesn't really react that much no (laughs) it's so dumb it's
1: it's very bad i want to talk about the scene at like the bar too when they go on like their first date yeah yeah and first off Absolutely horrendous to watch. There has to be a photosensitivity warning on this movie. That was the most unpleasant thing I've had to look at in a movie theater in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's just flash. I had to, like, cover my face. I'm like, I cannot even watch this.
0: Like, I, yeah, geez. I do, okay, I, I know that, obviously, you know, you've got bright lights at clubs and stuff. Maybe it's just because we're in the Midwest, but do clubs like that actually exist where it's just, like, <laughs> it's just bright flashing lights that could give anyone a seizure
1: well I mean there's strobe lights which I've seen and then there's yeah. this where it's like it's just incredibly is- unpleasant to see I don't know mm. why it was like that but um, it was yeah it, Corey gets like all angry or whatever but he's like they're dancing having fun and he's like rolling around on the gl- floor <laughs> I thought he was like having a stroke or, yeah, heart attack no, or a seizure I- and he's like no I'm just rolling on the floor having a good time
0: <laughs> i thought that too it was so it was so funny um
1: I'll, I, I just like i think it's funny too that everybody in this town just celebrates halloween as if nothing happened even though like everybody died four years ago in the last
0: movie yeah uh, it's i mean it's weird you because, would think they'd like, have some you, sort of curfew mm-hmm especially with Michael Myers still out on the loose <laughs> like <laughs> or like people just wouldn't go out. Mhm. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And I okay, feeding into that too. Um the way that the town treats Lori makes no sense. <laughs> Everyone is mad at her for like no reason. Like she's the reason Michael
1: Myers has killed all these people.
0: Yeah. And they they say it's because she provoked him, but i mean I yeah she did i guess but that's not that doesn't affect michael's you know lust for killing he just does that he's always done that and it's, it's actually sh- that. it's the
1: podcasters from the first
0: movie yeah <laughs> it's their fault i mean yeah kind of is uh,
1: it's always the podcasters fault is what i find
0: yeah for real
1: <laughs> it is <laughs> which that was pre-podcast for us holden
0: it was yeah, it was, was like six months before we started, yeah, how about that time good old flies. days <laughs> good old
1: days back before I had to do this every week, no, back before um, I was obligated
0: to see horrible movies, <laughs> oh. Nah, no, see that's the thing is i I mean, I mentioned this with Amsterdam last week. I love seeing terrible movies and just talking even about Amsterdam, them. though, that was not well okay. It. Okay, this it, is it, worth
1: it because I at least had I was laughing at how stupid this movie was. But Amsterdam our, I was felt, just so I boring. I felt like our
0: conversation last week was pretty funny, though. I I, th- I think the convert it may not entirely justify it, but I think it is pretty fun. It's fun afterwards, but it wasn't worth it. No, it wasn't worth it in the moment. This is worth anyway. It. We got off on tra- off off track. Um, yeah. Back into the movie. Um Corey's uh, killer mask is a scarecrow mask, which is uh, really lame uh, for the first few kills, at least before he steals Michael's mask. Um, and he's just, I i never get the sense that he is like realistically a threat, that Corey is actually a threat because everyone he kills is just an idiot <laughs> for one reason or another. It never really feels like he's actually this, you know, this good, you know, prof- like good killer or anything. I don't know. What did you think? He just teams up with Michael Myers
1: too. That but oh. we were laughing so hard when Michael Myers was just scooping his body up into the sewers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was so it, dumb. It's called. It's just so funny that he's living in the sewers underneath Haddonfield, and like, is no he just eating the rats down there? Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe that's part of the paranormal side of Michael Myers. Maybe he doesn't need to eat Jimmy. I Oh, feeding into that, too, he, like, part of the pseudo-supernatural things here is that he's, like, really weak until he kills someone. And that's, like, it. it's, like, this weird moment, and it's never elaborated on again. It's just like he's like this weak old man and then he, Corey holds down this guy for him to stab and then all of a sudden he's back to full strength Michael Myers. Oh, is that what happened? It seems like it. Bigger. I didn't, I don't know any other explanation for for how that scene played out because he was just this weak guy and then all of a sudden he's he's full strength again.
1: Yeah. Also, Corey just falls off a bridge and he's fine. Yeah. Hardly a scratch on him imagine getting thrown off a bridge by band kids (laughs) like you said always just see him i like how they they could recognize him from behind like as Mm -hmm. they were driving up to him from behind they were shouting cory Cory, Corey!" like you would think they'd have to drive past him all right i'll look back oh that is him reverse back to him and now start yelling at him (laughs) but they could recognize him from behind incredible they just have an obsession with
0: Corey. Uh, i guess
1: capabilities of these band kids which uh (laughs) their deaths were fine i guess nothing too exciting they just get killed by Corey
0: too who just goes and takes the michael myers mask just like yeah to me i mean even i mean you have the bit where they're teaming up which is uh, weird in and of itself but then like the first two-thirds of the climax of this movie is cory is the threat and it's so i mean like we don't it's care so about
1: non-satisfying
0: it's like i don't yeah. care
1: about this guy and you like, just lied to me in the marketing
0: yeah because yeah that's the other thing is it, you watch the trailer for this and like half of the time that we see michael in the trailer it's just Corey in the mask except when he's it's, fighting laurie strode basically the very end Hmm. yeah uh, and so yeah i mean sure he kills the band kids that bullied him fine retribution i guess but it's just i mean i would rather even though he it's not like they were bullying michael i would still rather see michael kill them <laughs> he's, he's the main antagonist of this series yeah and yeah, their kills—they were fine. I mean, the one—the the kid who always was holding drumsticks gets stabbed with a drumstick. So, there you go. Why Check does Ops he need the mask?
1: Like, is it like, oh, I'm the new Michael Myers, or is it I just don't... like, uh, oh, see, he's the he symbolically is the new Michael Myers. Oh, thank you, movie. I couldn't figure that out
0: myself. That's something that this this series has done. That's strange. Is they've put so much power in the mask um, they've done that from the start they, they did that in the first uh, in the 2018 movie um, when you had the podcasters who brought the mask and then there's the one I don't I don't remember if you remember this bit from the 2018 one but where the the cop car crashes and then the the one doctor gets out kills the sheriff puts on the mask he's like I'm the new Michael Myers says something like that and then Michael kills him <laughs> 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 That's something that happened really in this weird. movie. <laughs> but anyway, I don't I don't fully understand why this series uh, this trilogy at least gives so much power to the mask cuz I don't think the mask matters. Sure it's iconic and it it is creepy um but it's not like I don't know, like you can be a killer aside from the mask, you know. I don't I don't know. It's so weird. You can, I know. I've done it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, uh, oh, oh, go ahead. No, go. What were you just saying? Um, that reminded me of when when I was comparing this to Jurassic World Dominion. Um, I mentioned the opening narration, and the opening narration in this not only gives us a flashback to the first two movies, which is great. You know, if you haven't seen those two, kind of catches you up. But um, there's the one bit where Laurie mentions that like like he inspired other people like to kill or something and that is never touched on aside from (laughs) cory i guess but we never hear about any of these other possible copycat killers never once in the movie outside of from that narration it's just a weird detail
1: yeah so i mean just going through the kills you got the doctor and the nurse lady i guess michael does the thing where he stabs them against the wall and looks does his hill held he- head tilt and is like oh look yep. what i
0: did it's cool every time they do it <laughs> yep
1: and then uh you got uh the best kill i mean which is unfortunate that's Corey's, is the dj guy mm-hmm. uh the radio personality who his gets his tongue cut off and then it the record skips over it that's cool
0: yeah I like that that was good it that was that was honestly the only one that was like it lived up to uh, cuz i feel like halloween kills just had way better stuff in general in terms of kills and this was the only one that kind of lived up to that didn't get the uh anything as funny as the the car door being kicked into the one <laughs> lady's arm where she shoots herself in the head in the second one that was that's hilarious <laughs> you did uh, somehow fluorescent
1: light bulb to the throat lady survived apparently. Yeah. And she blames Lori. Yeah. <laughs> Her sister does at least she can't really say anything.
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, boy. Yeah. And then you had the f- sequence at the end where Lori was going to pretend to commit suicide, I guess, because that's somehow she knew that would bring Michael in. I didn't I I didn't know how that that. worked
0: I don't understand how that works at all like (laughs) I like what would that do that unless Michael was already in the house like how would that draw Michael and if Michael was already in the house like why wouldn't I like why wouldn't you just wait like arm yourself and wait for him to come in the door or something like it didn't (laughs) seems like an (laughs) unnecessary fake out detail
1: you didn't really think I was going to do that. Did you? I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought it was more likely that you would just do it.
0: Cause you ruined your granddaughter's life. Apparently. Um, also, I thought, yeah, I was honestly, there was, there's part of me that thought she was like legit contemplating suicide, which I was like, you know, that you, she has gone through a lot. And I mean, obviously don't want to see her commit suicide, but it would be an interesting thought process for the character to go through. Um, but then she shoots a pumpkin, which is clearly not brain guts, just shoots it on the wall. Corey sees that as like, oh, Lori killed herself. <laughs> sees the <laughs> pumpkin guts. And then comes in.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oof. Oof.
0: Um, and then oh no, Lori killed Corey.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. What a which believable
0: is, thing. Yeah, and that is that doesn't lead anywhere. <laughs> Her Aside granddaughter's from Allison, like no.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah, like you for like getting five mad minutes. a little bit. Then they And then yeah, oh, they stab Michael Myers to the
0: the the counter. Mhm. Yeah, it that whole final fight, I mean, it was it was gruesome, but I don't know, it just it it was lacking cuz there was no build up to it. And I feel like there just could have been more to it that should have been the whole movie yeah why was that not the whole movie honestly you know it would have been really cool if it's just like a like cat and mouse game between michael and laurie like maybe if we have this all-powerful michael and michael's just like chasing her down constantly or something or or other way around i don't know like have something a more interesting dynamic between the two
1: Wow, it's almost like they already did that with the Halloween 2018 movie and should have just ended it there, <laughs> right? <laughs> 20, the 2018 version was the perfect sequel to it. It was stupid. It was fun. It was nonsensical. It was between Michael and Laurie. They had the whole thing at the end, and then mm-hmm. Michael is dead. He's dead until they're yeah. just like, he's not dead, apparently. <laughs> he could have been dead.
0: He should have been dead. They should have just ended it there. And it's it's strange in this movie because we we've established that Michael is has some sort of supernatural like strength or something, but turns out if you just shoot him enough or stab him enough, he will eventually die. Like he has a limit. It's, it seems like i felt like like they needed to find some more creative way to kill him like if he i was can like just why kill...
1: did they not why did they not cut his head off right then yeah so yeah, i don't even know like, something
0: like that like i feel instead... like he's endured that much damage in previous movies and lived exactly exactly uh, or like even if he you somehow kill him with that that grinder thing that he ends up getting thrown into at the end of the movie. Like that would make sense because he's just completely demolished, but yeah. Or he falls into it or something. Yeah. Instead he's just shot and stabbed enough times that it surpasses his strength, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. (laughs) It's dumb. It is in my opinion. I'm, I'm trying to think. If there's anything else with this, uh, movie.
1: what was the, what was the plant there? It was what are sui- suicide or... or, cherry blossoms? Cherry blossoms. <laughs> Golly, that was bad. Yeah, Laurie
0: Strode is a horrible writer. <laughs> Every time she mentioned her book, I was like, "This book will not sell. It is terrible." <laughs> Ch- it changes like,
1: shape, the shape. It Michael the Myers. Shape. <laughs> take he Um, he can't take that he he or
0: him take it from him oh no it more power the one thing that the the one thing that i think could have worked if they had elaborated more on um this kind of goes into what i said about lori moving on um would have been moving on more would have been interesting if it was taken further but her her flirtation with the sheriff i thought that was pretty cute it was only in like one scene before the ending, but I thought they had good chemistry. It was it was kind of nice. I was yeah. like, okay, Lori, move on. That have this little somebody for her. Um, but then that he just like disappears until the end again. <laughs> then they're like, let's go to Japan. Yeah. So just yeah, on un- In- incredible cooked ideas. The final shot is the mask on the table? Okay. Why would you keep that? Yeah. <laughs> I would I would burn it. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I don't know.
1: Boy. Oof, hopefully the next time they make another one of these it's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. it's it it, oh one of the other things about this is uh, you have this is the franchise that like originated slasher movies but you have all of these other way better slasher movies that came out this year honestly it's been a good year for that genre been a great year for
1: the slasher yeah
0: even i mean i know lots of people didn't like it but i think even the new texas chainsaw was better than this because it at least understood the assignment and just was really stupid. And it was full of hilarious kills. Yeah, also, see,
1: that's the movie I should have watched because I feel like I've heard people actually really enjoy that movie mm-hmm. for what it is. And I feel like that's what this was missing. So maybe I'll just watch that to yeah. fill that hole in my also, it's
0: like slasher soul. it's like 40 minutes shorter, too. Yeah. That movie is like under an hour 20, I think. So... <laughs> Much less of a time sink. But. Nice, great, well, yeah. good,
1: very cool. good. Shall we finally move on? I think so. Yeah. All right. Don't watch Halloween ends. Hopefully, you just listen to this. Watch yeah. a different, better All it good. movie. All <laughs> right, sounds good, Holden. What are, what are you doing?
0: What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? What are you
1: doing? No. What are you doing? What are you doing?
0: All right, Jimmy, uh, this week we t- we uh, spent 40 minutes <laughs> talking about Halloween. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. There's just so much bad to say about that movie. Um, if you skipped over, I highly recommend reconsidering and going back <laughs> and just listening to that instead, because you'll probably get more out of it than watching the movie. Um, anyway, uh, She-Hulk finished this week. Um, so can kind of give my final thoughts on that as a show um, I think it works better than some people think I think it's, it's interesting because you have this and Werewolf by Night out around the same time they're probably two of the most creative things Marvel has done because this very much so sticks to an episodic format there is kind of an overarching story but it's even less prevalent than like WandaVision or something like this is it very much is like episode to episode um and you have the daredevil stuff which is great um but uh, the ending is i i feel like it is going to be really really split even more so than the rest of this show but i think it works really well um for what the character of she hulk is and everything and it does it's able to poke fun at a lot of marvel tv and movie tropes about the last the like the endings the climaxes and stuff without hypocritically falling into those trappings itself so i think it was very interesting i i want to see more from she hulk i'm intrigued all right very nice Um, so i would recommend she hulk to any of you if you haven't watched it um But other than that, uh, I went to the re-release of Avatar, I mentioned this to you, Um, saw it in 3D, and it was pretty awesome. I really liked it. In 3D, it works really well. Um, The movie is clearly shot for uh, such an experience because of just how everything just has so much more depth with the 3D. And there's, there's not like a, you know pop out right in front of your face kind of thing really at all in the movie. But I think it just makes the whole movie feel more organic and 3d that it's not distracting. Uh, the way of water is not going to be 3d. Is it? I think it might be releasing partially in 3d Jimmy. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to it in 3d. Hold on. Why? I have Jimmy? to see it again.
0: Okay, fine. I'll see it twice. You know I'll how take, terrible it moment.
1: is to be someone who wears glasses and goes to
0: a 3d movie. It's an awful experience. I do not because I am not one of those people. (laughs) I can imagine though. That does sound like it sucks. Anyway, very cool in 3D. Unfortunately, it's not in theaters anymore, so I can't recommend you go out and see it. Um, Other big thing I watched this week is I watched the new Hellraiser on Hulu. Um, I've never seen a Hellraiser movie before. I kind of just watched this because uh, my roommate is actually a pretty big Hellraiser fan, has watched several of the movies and just was like, I've never even heard of this before this week. Really? What what is this? Yeah. Oh, do you like like before I'm talking about it? Well no, I've heard the of the new movie coming out. I've never heard of this
1: franchise.
0: Okay. It's like an eighty I think it started in the late eighties. Um apologize anyone listening if you're hellraiser fan because i don't know much about it but it's this weird supernatural horror series that is very gory and grotesque but not in like an overindulgent way i don't it's it's hard to explain exactly because i didn't like going into this i was surprised with what direction it took um but you have pinhead pinheads like the iconic monster from it which is just i mean it, it's a person with pins in its head <laughs> but it, you, then there's other demons um and it's kind of this whole moral thing about you know killing people to achieve goals but are the goals worth it and that sounds cliche but it go it doesn't in a very interesting way um there I don't are know. 11 I, of these apparently i don't know uh, apparently where the first have i one been and fun fact uh scott derrickson i think his name the director of the black phone and sinister he directed one of the direct-to-video hellraiser movies that was like one of his first movies yeah i see that on the wikipedia page um but Apparently the first one for maybe first couple are like legit really good. I'm like really interested to in going to it and go watch those. And this new one was pretty I thought it was pretty solid too. Uh for someone who's never seen any of the others, it is kind of a reboot. You don't need to have seen any of the others. It's not like it it does explain everything. Um but yeah, I thought it was thought it was really interesting. I'm definitely interested to go back to the 80s ones. Um But I think in terms of movies that's all I have done Um, been watching Succession um, all of that Um, Parks and Rec Uh, oh and Nathan for you I have made a lot of headway on Nathan for you I am in season 3 of that show (laughs) oh wow Um, so I think I will get it before it leaves HBO Max but I I love that show that's Um, right I forgot it was leaving yeah Um, And then in terms of games, just been playing Yakuza 4, which is getting more and more fantastic as it goes on. I and I'm almost at the end. I have to start thinking of what game I'll play next. Um, But I'm loving it. I might play Kina Bridge of Spirits next because I've had that since Christmas. Um, I'm interested in it. But anyway, Jimmy, that's all I've been doing. What have you been doing? Uh, Well,
1: let's see. I finished the rehearsal which, uh, pretty good. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as Nathan for you. I didn't, I don't think it's as good as people are making it out to be. Okay. Like I was like, I don't feel like this is that much different than anything I saw in Nathan for you in terms of like the absurdity of anything. Sure. Um, but I don't know if you really like it. Great. Uh, kind of funny though. I, (laughs) so after we went to Halloween ends, I had like a dream that it was like the rehearsal, but it was a rehearsal for like Michael Myers, chasing me so like michael (laughs) myers was there like and i was like hiding under a couch in like a place and like a bar or something which is where like a lot of uh, the rehearsal takes place it's like this recreated bar so damn interesting dream to have
0: halloween ends gave jimmy a nightmare
1: it wasn't really a (laughs) nightmare like it was just like we were just working together through this thing like he was my you know screen partner (laughs) scene partner. oh okay okay so it was kind of weird i don't no it's funny um otherwise i uh, watched the last episode of rings of power here this weekend mm-hmm. i yeah uh, it's fine it's good i guess i don't know i don't hate the show i don't love the show this is entertained i would watch the second season i think <laughs> a lot of people on the internet are, like hate the last episode
0: Really? Um, which is is it whatever. Like, Is it like a Lord of the Rings fan outrage, or is it just people?
1: That I think like it's it? a Lord of the Rings fan outrage. Oh, okay. Um, of like, oh, they, they reveal who Sauron is. It's like, okay. I mean, I, I kind of thought maybe, but I really didn't think about it too hard. So it's pretty obvious now that I think about it. But I really wasn't thinking about it because I didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um. I thought it was entertaining enough. Galadriel is just such a awfully written character, I think, in this first <laughs> season, though. And I think that holds true the entire season. I just am like, this character needs... like I like the idea of Galadriel. Mm-hmm. Boy, they need to write her better, please.
0: Do they go back to the the tower that the dwarves are building?
1: Yeah, the very um. last episode, finally. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yes, there are rings of power at the end of the season. Okay. I'll just say that. Okay. Um. But, yeah. And it is kind of comical, though, because they're like, well, well, let's make a crown. We'll try to make it. Oh, that didn't work. We'll have to make something smaller, something circular. Like, <laughs> it's a ring. We all know it's going to be a ring. Just make a ring.
0: Hmm, something <laughs> in a circle <laughs> that you can wear. Wear.
1: It's got to be smaller than a crown, maybe like a <laughs> necklace, a bracelet, an anklet. The anklets of power. <laughs> the silly bands of power. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the music's been pretty good though in that series. So I'll stand by that. Okay. Um, yeah, I would, cause I would say that the Harfoots and the Durin slash Arond relationship is. The strongest part throughout, and if that was okay. the whole show, I think it'd be very good. And the rest of it is a little, it's very mediocre, in my opinion. But there are a couple of moments where, I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, the creators have said some ridiculously stupid statements since the finale, though. They're like, like what? Oh, they're like, season two is when Sauron is like, they're like, Sauron is going to be like Walter White in season two. <laughs> what
0: is, what does that mean? It's like a, it's like the the one dinosaur being the Joker.
1: Yeah, it's like that. It's like it's dumb. It's not that dumb, <laughs> but it's not pretty quite. dumb. Um, let's see if I've done anything else. I probably have Holden, but I am blanking on it. Emily and I have been watching a little bit more of Game of Thrones. We watched the Purple Wedding. Holden, that's the last episode we were on. The uh, oh, okay the royal wedding between Queen Marjorie and King Joffrey. Um, nice. So yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. That, what could go wrong at a Game of Thrones wedding?
0: Uh, otherwise, I think that's it. Holden, so you can take us home because I got to go pee. All right. So this next episode, we've got the ninth episode of uh, House of the Dragon, seventh episode of Andor. Uh, we will do the back half of, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. I still have not started any of those episodes. So that'll be a large focus of my next week. Um, and we will also do Black Adam. Um, oh, can't wait, Holden. A fun-filled next weekend. Um, but if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by uh, emailing us at tompodcasts at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon I also want to mention, I sent this to Jimmy, but um, the Velocipaster 2 has a Kickstarter going right now, um, and you guys should go support it. <laughs> I want to see a Velocipastor 2. Yes. So.
1: We're planning on supporting it, so please do yeah. that. And uh, yes, it's a it's a great film, and we reviewed it on the podcast, so do check it out if you have Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and then uh, listen to our review and go support it on the Kickstarter. So awesome, Holden. That's all you got.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: All right then, adios, pantalones.
0: Love you. That
1: one movie podcast